Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Weekend edition of the call-up, and we are talking about National League prospects that you should be paying more attention to. I'm Aram Layton. He's Jack McMullen, and Jack, travel schedule was a little crazy for me. We were trying to sync up. We promised that we would hit on both leagues this week, so here we are, Saturday. I'm excited to talk about it. I was very eager. I didn't really want to wait through the weekend because I was like, this this list that we put together could change because this whole thing is so fluid, so we've got... A ton of names. We're going to try to fly through them as much as we can. If we miss somebody here or there, we're sorry. We're trying to cover as many guys as we can on 15 teams in the National League here. But I think we're going to hit on enough, and I'm very excited to highlight the guys that deserve more love. I think we did a good job, and I think we're sliding in under the tag. What do you consider the end of the week, Saturday or Sunday? Like, I consider Sunday the beginning of the week. Really? Yeah. I almost consider Sunday like the buffer zone. I don't know. Yeah, it's like this weird quagmire. It's like this dead day where you transition to the next week. But I think like to answer it Sunday, Sunday, but I think this still counts. This definitely still counts. I don't know how many people listen on a Saturday. The beautiful thing is they can listen on Monday. Um, But I I feel like we might have more listens than we think. Maybe more people just with nothing to do on the long weekend. We'll, We'll find out. So, They're getting ready for Heat Celtics game six. Oh um, God, I don't even want to think about that yet, man. Hey, couple, for those who are like that might not know, obviously, South Florida kid, um, the Heat are probably the team that pulls at my heartstrings the most still. So yeah. a historic collapse to a Boston franchise will, will, will do me in, I think, permanently. We've talked about this before, like being as ingrained as base in baseball as we are, like you lose that fandom that you had growing up for a baseball team. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I got way more into the NBA over the last couple of years than I had been before because I needed an outlet to like be a fan again instead of um, like when we turn on an Otani start, obviously we're marveling, but like we're also watching it with like a subconscious work lens, right? Like we're thinking yeah. about what no, 100%. You, you can't turn that off. And that's the can't. hardest part. That's why I love the minor leagues, because I, I just root for individuals harder than, you know, you would root for them in the majors and the majors. These guys made it like, yeah, yeah. If there's guys that you like or that you, you know, or you've covered for a while, you want to see them do well. 
But in the minors, there's just like validation of like being right about a guy or, you know, knowing sure. somebody and knowing their journey and rooting for them to be successful. So that's where I get the baseball enjoyment is rooting for the individuals with the heat though. I'm still a full blown. Uh, yeah. That's where the full blown fan still comes out a little bit. That, that's where the fandom comes out. Two quick life updates for me. Just watched season one, episode one of succession last night. I got to finish that. I'm going on a trip with some college buddies in August and they're all caught up for the series finale. And I need to do that before the beginning of August. Um, and then I'm going to the Indy 500 Festival. The Indy 500 is like Mardi Gras here in Indianapolis. So I'm excited to report back. I think it's going to be Mardi Gras. excellent, excellent people watching at the Indy yeah. 500 Festival. Mardi Gras in Indianapolis is all you needed to say for me. <laughs> two exciting life updates, two things I'll probably never do, but I appreciate those things. I think you'll you'll enjoy both. Let's jump into it. So National League... Again, if you missed the American League episode, go check that out. We hit on a bajillion names over there. Uh, of course, got comments. You, you missed this guy. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back and, and hit on some of those guys as well. Uh, but National League, what team you want to start with? Let's start with Atlanta. I've got three guys here. And the way I went about this is like I went through, plucked some of the guys that are having like great years. And, you know, I left off some of the guys with prospect intrigue, like AJ Smith Schauber is not going to be on this list. Dude, I, I'm like talking about him too much. Like I keep catching myself, like writing about him more and like putting him in every article. He's incredible. I will say yeah. real quick, phenomenal start against the Durham Bulls, seven innings, three runs, but he was just so poised, so dominant. Um, I thought he looked fantastic. This guy's going to get up to the big leagues this year. I, I can't believe it. I would have totally bet against that. Even when they brought him up to double, I thought the triple a, Move was aggressive. He looks phenomenal, but he's going to be a consensus top 50 prospect, maybe by midseason updates, definitely top 100. So, yeah, that's not a guy that I think is deserving of more love. He's getting all the love he, he deserves right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think we need to uh, highlight him much more, but there's, sure. there's a few other guys. This, this brave system's not great. They do a good no. job of finding the stars that they fast track, but there's still some guys that are performing. Yeah, the interesting one for me is Spencer Schwellenbach, who was their second round pick in 2021. He was pretty much like hitter exclusive in Nebraska, but he was a shutdown reliever in 2021. He has been awesome as a starter so far in 2023. He's a little bit older for low A. So Schwellenbach is one of them. Seth Keller is another one. And Ignacio Alvarez. Those are my three that jump out in the Braves system. Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about Schwellenbach because I, I think the reason why he's older for that level is exactly what you just said, right? He, he hasn't really had that experience, hasn't been stretched out. They want to test it out a little bit and, and and see how he can build up. He's sitting 95. So, uh, and 95 with good shape, and he's pounding the strike zone with the fastball, 74% strike rate on it. Uh, this is a dude that I think could quickly turn into a legitimate pitching prospect in the system. Both the secondaries, the slider and a changeup, they they have potential to be good pitches, but it's really about the command right now. And I think it's going to come along. Obviously, he has not needed to really throw those pitches in college as a closer. It was more just probably fastball heavy and then a little bit of slider. But uh, I think this is definitely a name worth watching. And he's going to be 23 in, in a month. So it's not like he's super, super old, but I, I think they should bump him relatively soon. I think they will. Uh, and I'm very interested to follow because I do think this is a talented arm. For sure. Um, two other guys, Ignacio Alvarez. Alvarez is a 20-year-old middle infielder, like left side of the infield, who play third and short. 
Um, high A so far this year, 38 games. He's got a 440 OBP. He's walked 31 times. He's punched out 25 times. Um, he's driven in 28. He's got eight bags too. The numbers just jump out to me because like that's a young guy in high A that's getting on base ad nauseum. It's really interesting. Yeah. So, you, dude, this is a really interesting profile. I, and and I wasn't too familiar with Alvarez until you you, you put the name on the list. Um, I, I guess he's kind of one of those guys that just doesn't break through in, in a specific threshold. So in a lot of the cues you do to try to dig up some players that are doing well, you, you might kind of slide under the cracks. Elite approach, 17% chase rate, 87% zone contact. Those are both things that are going to bode really well for a guy to get on base. But he actually hits the ball harder than you'd think, too. 90th percentile of 102. Uh, So this is a really interesting profile. Another guy that I'd be watching pretty closely, walking more than he strikes out, doesn't put the ball on the ground an egregious amount. Uh, This is a dive. I need to do more. I I need to go look into some more video. But this is definitely a guy that should be on your radar, especially if you're a Braves fan. Yeah. Last one on the Braves front is Seth Keller. 23 innings. He has a 117 ERA. High school right hander taken in the middle rounds last year. Fifth or sixth round pick out of high school in Virginia last year. So far in low A at 19 years old. 14 hits against him in 23 innings. 22 punch outs, three walks. That's the thing that jumps out to me. Okay. So elite splitter. This guy might Whoa. be. See, the Braves eating those middle rounds on these arms uh, and just middle rounds in general. They ID some some pop up prep prospect. They ID some pop up prospects even in college, which is somehow strider. <laughs> yeah, like it's just unbelievable how they do this. This kid is landing a splitter for a strike 73 percent of the time. Splitter is the hardest pitch to hit in baseball when it's thrown well. Uh, you look at Woba against it's number one. Uh Another name, he just turned 19. Definitely a guy to watch. Works still in the low 90s, but when you got that splitter, you could be in good shape. So moving to the Mets now, I got two guys for you, Mike Vasile and Nate Lavender. Do you have anything on either of these guys? Is it Vasile? Is it Vasile or Vassal? Vassal, as far as I know. Okay, so Mike Vassal. So I saw Mike Vassal on the Cape, and he was not very good. And then I saw Mike Vassell in the Arizona Fall League, and he was okay. And then I saw Mike Vassell on the backfields, and he was phenomenal. And I was like, what am I looking at? And I'm like, I may, maybe, the, maybe the fastball just – because I, I didn't have data there. I was trying to peek at the computers you know, that the teams have behind home plate, but I didn't want to be obnoxious either. Uh, sometimes you can kind of like nudge and ask. But I saw a, a couple fastballs, and I'm like, ooh, he was not getting that kind of vertical break break before. He was not getting you know that kind of ride before. So something kind of caught my eye. I still didn't expect this. Yeah, Vassal's fastball is is really tough to pick up. His stuff is really unique because he has this really short arm delivery that I, I think makes it really hard to pick the ball up out of his hand. And he's got five pitches that go in five different directions off of this kind of short arm delivery that's hard to pick up. And I think it just gets on you. It, it's elite tunneling. He And he has three pitches. I wrote about him recently in the mailbag. Three pitches that he lands for a strike well over 70% of the time. So you got three of five pitches pounding the zone, going in all different directions, fastball ticked up, and it's this tough-to-pick-up release point. 
I'm 150% buying what Mike Vassell is selling. And this guy does have some prospect pedigree. He, he went to UVA, but yeah. he could have been a first or second round pick out of high school. I'm pretty sure he was one of the highest regarded players in the Northeast. Ended up going to college and just didn't really come together for him there. But now, late bloomer, he's 23. It's all coming together. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I like that profile, obviously. Um, I guess the age worries me a little bit, but I mean, this guy is also like, I don't know how to view the Mets system because it, it was so top heavy. Every top prospect was like pounded into the pavement. Like Ronnie Mauricio, you've heard about for four years. Mark Vientos, they've been yeah. clamoring for him at the big league level for the last two years. Yeah. Uh, Beatty and Alvarez kind of same deal. But after that, I mean, like Alex Ramirez has some prospect intrigue, but I, it, it kind of goes away there. So if Vassal can separate himself, that would be awesome. And I think he is like Tidwell is a guy that I thought would, you know, I kind of anointed as the best arm in the system preseason. It's it's Mike Vassal right now. So uh, that's that's pretty exciting. And, and I think this was a, was a great pick by them. What was he like? Seventh round? Yeah, I think so. Seventh round out of UVA. Yeah, seventh or eighth round out of UVA. Like great, great pickup there. And 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 again, I I'm very in on on what he is selling here. Um, very exciting for the Mets. I would say the Mets system is as good as it's been in a long time. Obviously, those guys graduating kind of affects it, but in terms of just depth, it's really good. And I think some of that's because of some of the names that we're gonna hit on right now too. Cool. Another guy, um, only other one that jumps out to me on the Mets front is a left-handed reliever in AAA, 23-year-old Nate Lavender. And the reason that I bring him up is um, the only lefty in the Mets bullpen right now is Brooks Raley. Like, that's it. They've got a bunch of arms that they can turn to. Only one is left-handed. And Nate Lavender in AAA Syracuse so far this year, 18 innings, opponents are hitting a buck 43 against him. He's got 31 punch-outs in 18 innings. Wow. Yeah. I don't even have much on him. I didn't even really know who that was. So yeah. I love that. I love that. And, and this is a team that you, you mentioned they could use a little bit more bullpen help. That's definitely someone that can get up there and help them. I'll throw out one name on the position player side, super deep dive, but I just think deserves a little bit more love given, you know, what he is doing right now. Matt Rudick, another guy I saw a lot of on the Cape. He's in double A right now, and this was a 13th round pick in 2021. So pretty, pretty unsung guy. Double A or now. Yeah, now in double A, 38 games so far this year. He's got a 179 WRC plus. He's walking more than he struck out. Seven home runs, 313, 457, 555 slash line. Seven homers, eight stolen bases. If a guy's doing that in double, I know he's 24. He's going to be 25 in a couple months. But if you're doing that in double, you're worthy of attention. Uh, and I think Rudick might get a bump up to triple soon. Uh, he's worth following. That's a, it's a pretty intriguing profile. He can run. Then he can play all three outfield spots. Sneaky pop. It's definitely a solid prospect. For sure. Three bats that I want to shout out in Miami's system. Paul McIntosh. I mean, we'll do it till we're blue in the face. Nassim Nunez, who was on the call up. And Troy Johnston, who I know you know well. Yeah, all great guys. Um, I've been fortunate enough to to get to know some of those guys, some better than others. Pmax hurt right now, unfortunately. Um, but when he's on the field, man, he he already looks fantastic uh, offensively. He's a they better figure out than Stallings. Yeah, that's the thing. So so McIntosh is is just pretty rough behind the dish. Okay, but at the same time, like he's 
you put him up there now, he would hit way better. He, he had that's four home thing. runs through the first 13 games, and he's dealing with a little groin issue. From what I've heard, it's not too bad. I think the Marlins are being more cautious. It, obviously, if you have a lower body issue and you're a catcher, it's going to take yeah. some time to come back too. They've been playing him in the outfield a little bit before he got hurt. That's something to monitor. He's a good athlete. This dude rakes. I think he's a big league bat one way or another. The, the thing that jumps out to me there is it's it's the Cleveland conversation, too. Like, Bo Naylor obviously needs to grow defensively behind the plate, but Naylor's OPSing 900 at this mm. point in 40 games at the AAA level. And, like, how long can you put up with Zanino and Cam Gallagher up there when you've yeah, got yeah. Bo Naylor that is three times the hitter that either of those guys are? Well, that's, that's the Paul McIntosh-Stallings conversation. 100%. I, I agree with that. And I, I think it's really going to, once he's healthy, I think mean, there's going to be a lot of focus on, on how the defense is coming along. And even if it's passable, I, I think we could see the Marlins give it a shot. Um, Troy Johnston, I, I'm a huge fan of the way he he approaches a game. He's older. He's going to be 26. But this dude just hits. I, you look at the numbers, they speak for themselves. He should be in triple A. I have no idea why he's not. He just continues to mash through double and, and now is adding more power. 90th percentile has jumped all the way to 106, sitting the ball really hard. I, I, I would like to see Troy in triple A. And, you know, he doesn't really have a defensive home. That's what hurts him a little bit. I think he ultimately is a first baseman, but there's a potential for a big league bat here. And I, the guy can just hit. Sometimes it's just that simple. He can absolutely hit. I want to throw a hat in the or a guy in the in the ring here too. Dane Myers, really cool story. Yeah. He had an inside the park home run yesterday. Dane Myers is legit. I'm really interested to see how the Marlins handle Dane Myers. They selected him in the minor league rule five from the Tigers. He came up as a pitcher. He was drafted as a pitcher. Eventually scrapped that. Two years ago, started to hit, battled an injury. And this is really like his second full season as a hitter, which is crazy because he put up decent numbers last year. Second full season as a hitter, and he looks really good. He's got to get the ball in the air more. The ground ball rate's way too high, but he's not striking out, sitting the ball really hard. He doesn't chase 87% zone contact. He's got an 837 OPS in double A right now. It's a very interesting player who's a freak athlete. So that's a really interesting story and, and a guy worth monitoring. For sure. Um, only other guy that I want to shout out is somebody I know you watch a lot of is Nassim Nunez. Um, listen, like OPS under 700, but to the haters that say he's got 20 great pop, he's got three homers already. Um, yeah. And he's going to swipe 70 bags again. Yeah. And and one, literally one of the best defenders I've, I've seen in the minor leagues, period. Holy uh, hell. Like he's the he's the Xavier Edwards cloth, I guess. Right. But. But better, like I think he could be a better major league player than Xavier Edwards because he excels at a defensive position. Okay. So, and he's a better base dealer. So, I actually think that if the bat can come along a little bit more, he he could be a better option. Um, and we'll see what they do with Jacob Amaya. I think the second the Marlins promote Jacob Amaya, Nassim Nunez will follow suit. And I think Amaya, who they acquired in that Miguel Rojas deal, he's starting to swing it. They may bring him up because the Marlins are apparently looking for a shortstop. And Amaya may end up just being that guy for them internally. Damn. All right. Uh, Philly, I've got a name that I, I put in all caps when I sent to you. Orion Kirkring is the closer of the future. Holy hell. Uh, Jailene Ortiz, also Simone Muziati and Gabriel Rincones. So I've got four names here. The Phillies farm has actually performed pretty well. 
This is clearly a thin system, but they've had some guys that look like they can be knocking on the door of the big leagues. Orion Kirkering, I think, is what San Diego wanted from Kevin Copps when they took him in the third round. Like that guy won the Golden Spikes as a reliever at Arkansas. It was okay to shoot up like a rocket ship to the big leagues. That's kind of Orion Kirkering. Dude, you told me about him the other day. I'd never heard of him. Um, his stuff is insane. That was one of the craziest video dives I've I've done in a while. He's made 15 appearances so far this year. Opponents are slashing 074, 153, 130 against him. The fastball sits 98, touches triple digits, and the slider is diabolical. I, I, I almost wonder if they fast-tracked this guy to the big league bullpen. Those are two big league pitches right now. Two big league pitches. So I'm very interested to see you know, if he gets a shot sometime soon uh, to, to potentially, you know, pitch at the big league level. I'm, I'm actually looking at, at Orion Kirkering right now. Uh, he was in low A a little bit earlier this year and faced my buddy Mike Rothenberg and struck him out. I got to ask Mike about about that because yeah. he struck him out with 98 mile an hour cheese uh, in low A. I got to so- ask him. Here's the thing. You you hear those numbers in low A, like you hear 98 with a nasty slider in low A, and you think, okay, like this guy may struggle with command, right? No. Like 25 punch outs, four walks in yeah. 16 and two-thirds. 72% strike rate. I, I think this guy might get fast-tracked, man. Like really might get fast-tracked. Why not? Name to follow without a doubt, especially with uh, you know, what they got with Dombrowski. I yeah. I could see Dombrowski bring him right up. He doesn't have to be your closer immediately. If that's your sixth inning guy, I, that's a joke. For sure. Um, Jailene Ortiz has a 900 OPS in triple, which is like, hey, if you need outfield depth, like that might be the guy. Simone Muziati is, is a name that's been around for a long time, right? Uh-huh. He's 24 years old. But Muziati, so far this year is like proving that he's got, I guess, a refined approach. He's never going to strike out much at all. Um, But what jumps out to me is like, he's got a little bit more power than he's shown previously. And he's swiping bags. He swiped more bags this year than he did all of last year. So I I feel really good about what Muziati's doing. Granted, he was dealing with injury for the bulk of last year. I mean, it's hard to deny what, 360? (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to deny that batting average, 90 percent zone contact. He chases. But I think, like you said, the approach has gotten better. Um, he doesn't really swing and miss at all. I, he's he's an interesting player. I think fourth outfielder ultimately. But I, I think that there's a value to him with, with with or a value to the Phillies with him here. And this guy's been red hot lately. Um, I think he's only only going to strengthen his case for for a call up. You know, if, if they need him relatively soon and, and he's just been mashing. So uh, it's cool to see. And, and again, like it feels like he's been around forever. He kind of has been around forever. But 24, it's not like he's some old head in triple like he's, I think, younger than the average player there, technically. For sure. Um, only other guy in the Phillies organization that I want to go over is Gabriel Rincones, who is a Boca boy. He was FAU for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the thing about Rincon is you know, he's in low A. Sure, he's 22 years old, but He's getting on base at a 412 clip and he's got 17 bags in 34 games and he's got enough pop. He's got five homers and 17 bags to go along with 11 doubles. So I don't, that that line jumps out to me because it seems patient with enough power and can get on base enough to let the wheels play. 
A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, that's hard to deny. I'm looking at the pitching, like just seeing if there's someone that like stands out and man, like I, it, Dave Dombrowski just never fails. Like I, I know that David Robertson was a big part of what they did last year. I just cannot believe that they traded Ben Brown for a rental reliever. I, I, I just, I still, I still can't believe it. Yep. Um, it, it, it is, it is just mind blowing, but anyways, yep. Uh, Washington, I've got two guys for you. One of them is like a, a veteran, I guess, minor league catcher. Drew Millis came from Oakland in one of those deals, I want to say in 2021. But the one that jumps out to me is Jake Bennett, who was a lefty at Oklahoma. And Bennett, I loved watching him as a Sooner. And so far this year in low A, he's got a sub two in eight starts. In 36 and a third, 45 punch outs, eight walks. Dude, I, I was really fortunate to... Because I would, he would not have been on my radar if I didn't catch him on the backfields, uh, right at the tail end of spring training. Uh, I watched him in an intra squad, and you know, so he got James Wood, Elijah Green, Brady House, all of these guys were were in the lineup that he was facing. And man, like I was so impressed by the way it was just pitchability lefty, but pitchability lefty at six six, yeah, and he was mixing fastball, changeup, slider, curve. And just there was just a rhythm to what he was doing. Like there's, a, you know, we talk about this. It's hard to put into words, but when you get this lefty that's like just in a rhythm where he's mixing his pitches, he's sequencing well, and it's just like go, 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 strike, strike, strike. I was really liking what I saw from him. Nothing jumps off the page, but the fastball's got pretty good shape. And and again, he's a guy that gets good extension at six six, and I think the ball gets on you a little bit quicker than you think. But 91 to 93 is fine when you're 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. And then the feel for the changeup was really impressive to me. And then he's got a pair of breaking balls that will mix in there. I think Jake Bennett's going to be a guy that climbs through the minors relatively quickly. And I think could be on a fast track to the back end of a rotation. Um, I, I really like Jake Bennett a lot. I think he's a – it depends. I'd have to have the full full system in front of me. But I do think he's one of the better pitching prospects in the system, even despite the the lower ceiling, so to speak. For sure. And, he, and he's probably a top 10 prospect in this system, even after the Soto deal. Cause like, again, after those guys that were Padre farmhands last year or two years ago, um, it was last year, right? Yeah. That Soto deal was last yeah, year, last year. Um, <laughs> shit's running together, man. But um, yeah, like after the guys that were in the Padres system last year, after you get past those guys, I mean, this system is really weak now and, and you have the opportunity to separate. And I think Jake Bennett is, one of the good homegrown talents that Washington has in this organization. Quick shout out to Drew Millis. He's a 25 year old catcher in triple. He's kind of like been the guy to be labeled an organizational guy, like just bounce around level based on need and serve as the backup catcher. But 28 games catching in triple so far this year, he's got a 950 OPS. He's not striking out. He's hitting for enough pop. It's, it's, it it's cut from the org guy plays too well to not earn a big league cameo cloth, which is what all these the, any org guy. If you wonder why they're doing it, this is why. Like yeah, they, there's they got talent. Like they're good players. It's just it, they're trying to find it and catch catch it all together. Like catch that lightning in a bottle and put it all together. And Millis is doing it, and he's going to get a big league opportunity, which is which is awesome. Um, you know, it's going to come. And that's super cool. I was surprised you didn't want to talk about Nomar Mazara's 294 batting average in, in AAA. 
Uh, Mazzara's a Rochester Red Wing. I don't see them until the very end of the year, but I'm excited to see Nomar Mazzara. I mean, I like these pickups for the Nationals, but it's a little bit of a wasteland. Matt Adams is is a Rochester Red Wing. How about Blake Rutherford in double A? Oh, Franklin Moreno's a Rochester Red Wing. Is is no-go still there, John Nagowski? Uh, he might be, but he's not coming up on in the numbers that I'm looking at right okay, now. No-go was a Red Wing last year. Travis Blankenhorn, like they've got, it's a wasteland over here, man. It's a Dude. wasteland over here. I love it though. That's super fun. Oh, they got Richie Martin too. They've got all of the cast-offs over there in AAA. That's electric. I know. Uh, it's brutal. Do they still have Pulecki? Uh, no, Plawecki. They got but, Cheater Downs, dude. Like, they are excelling at, at this right now. Holy they, hell. They are doing it. They are That's doing it. so bad. All right. Um, One guy that we have to talk about in the Brewers organization, but then two other guys that I think could deserve a bit more love. Ethan Small was once a top mm-hmm. 100 guy as a starter. Then he fell off after his first big league appearance, and you thought maybe that ship has sailed. Ethan Small has turned into a reliever, and he's had a really strong start to the year as a reliever. So I want to hit on him. Jacob Mizorowski is a top five prospect in that organization, but like somehow he's flying under the radar because this dude has put together some insane lines to this point. Uh, and then Matthew Wood is the last guy that I want to talk about here. That's a catcher. So I'm I'm actively working on the Brewers farm system right now. That's what I was doing when I was uh, on the plane yesterday, flying back, just like stuck on the tarmac. Um, yeah, was was just doing that because I, I that's the next system I want to get out, and I think it's it's a fun one with the graduations that they've had. Yeah, Mizrowski was some kind of video dive man. I I tuned into a start or two earlier this year, but <laughs> it is crazy. You get some of the worst swings you'll ever see from hitters because this dude's six seven. And just a loose arm that is up to 101, sitting 98, 99 with crazy arm side run. The stuff is disgusting. It's some of the best stuff in the minors. But dude, the delivery, like I sent you some some screenshots and video. It's it's high effort and it stresses me out a little bit. Um, because it's like I, I and I, I don't know, I don't know how it'll you know relate to to possible risks or anything like that, but it just it just looks like he's it's going to wear him down. Like it's just, it's high effort. It's the best way to get, but it's like the highest of effort. Um, maybe it's not on him because he maintains his velocity pretty well, yeah. but the command, it just seems so hard to command that when his arm is just chaotically kind of lagging behind his body. It's super long. It's a loose action. Um, it, it's, it's interesting, but that said, the stuff alone at six, seven is, is impossible to deny. And he's almost striking out 50% of batters right now. Like he is downright disgusting. Think tall, lanky guy with mechanics all over the place that had a ton of big league success in the 2010s. Who was it? Tall, he looks lanky. like a righty. He looks like a righty sale. Does he not? Yeah, you just got to hope that it. Yeah, he sale had college success. So is he gonna? Is he gonna have? Is he gonna like be able to find a way to like sale found a way to repeat that chaotic like weird looking delivery? Mister Asky needs thing. to find that. Yes. And the thing is, like, he's got a lot of time to figure out how to repeat it. And the thing is, Sale put together stretches in a White Sox uniform that were not replicated by anyone in Major League history other than Pedro Martinez. Like he I want to say he had eight straight 10 punch out starts like that was Sale. And, and in the back of every White Sox fan and every member of the White Sox coaching staff in front office's mind, it's this guy's mechanics 
make it seem like his UCL is going to snap like a rubber band at any moment. Yeah. And it didn't. So I guess you have to be like, okay, that it doesn't until he turns 30. Yeah, I don't want to be the, you know, the injury doc guy. There's who's that. I don't want to plug Will Carroll. There's that one insufferable dude on Twitter that just quote tweets every player. It's like clip and just says like, you're going to, your arm's going to fall off. Um, I I think, you know who I'm talking about. I think everybody sees that guy on Twitter. Um, but he's always just like, oh, trying to push his like mechanics agenda and just saying right. this guy, every time somebody gets hurt, he's like, this is why I told you, like, dude, everyone gets hurt as a pitcher. Right. But anyway, 48% strikeout rate, 422 OPS against for Mizorowski. He's 21. Uh, man, if he can just find even fringy command, he's going to be disgusting with those two breaking balls. Um, one guy that I want to throw in, then we can circle back on. And also, we got to mention, like, he doesn't need more love because he's already a top 100 guy for us. But Jefferson Caro, ninth home run yesterday. For sure. His bat to ball skills are so good. Chase rate's too high. It's 40-something percent. That's the one thing. But, man, he's putting bat on ball. He's hitting the ball really hard. He He's going to soon be, I think, one of the best catching prospects in baseball. We've been talking about him for a while. But more underrated, Luis Lara. I am really liking what I'm seeing from Luis Lara. 18-year-old center fielder in low A, walking at a 16% clip, striking out at a 10% clip, switch hitter, elite speed, uh, you know, not much power there. And, and that's the thing to follow. But I love the jumps he gets in center. I've I've heard high makeup guy. I really like the way he approaches the game. Luis Laura is a name to watch in this system as well. Cool. I see he's not punching out at all. Not zero. <laughs> like, not at all. It's pretty awesome. I love that. Um, yeah. Two other guys that I had on my list that I mentioned. Um, I've got Jacob or I've got Matthew Wood, who is a catcher. He was at Penn State. Wood now is let's see. He's he's played for. Yeah. Low A and high A 25 games in low A and now 10 games in high A. He wrecked low A as an older guy. Right. 22 year old college catcher. Um, Matthew Wood at this point combined the two. He's walked 28 times, punched out 26 in 35 games, seven doubles, three homers. Uh, he's OPSing 870. So certainly a, a catcher to watch out for. But Jefferson Caro is the better catching prospect. Um, Ethan Small is the one that jumps out to me because Small, obviously, like things were going really well in 2021. He had a sub two in 18 starts and he was a top 100 guy. And then 2022 was just kind of a year from hell, like ERA in the mid fours. He got up for two starts in Milwaukee and like he just sucked out loud and he couldn't throw strikes. And then they turn him into a reliever this year. And in 12 appearances out of the bullpen and triple opponents were hitting a buck 25 and he's punched out 28 guys in 19 and a third. Stuff's ticked up like a full mile per hour. Change up has been phenomenal. This might be the better role for small. You can go multi-inning. Um, and that's, it's always nice to see because I, I think that the – the Brewers bullpen's top heavy and they could use like a seventh inning guy, sixth inning guy. So I think this is, you know, this will be solid for them and they could use another left-hander in there. Yep. Um, all right. Pittsburgh, three guys. Sung Che Chang is a high A shortstop. Jared oh, Jones. Yeah. yeah. Jared Jones is a right-handed arm and a guy that I've watched very closely who is on a crazy bender, Aaron Shackelford. Where do you want to start? We can start with Chang. You want to? Yeah. Sung Che Chang in high A Greensboro, 38 games, slashing 288, 396, 554. 
He's got seven doubles, six triples, six pumps in 38 games. He's walked 25 times. He's punched out 32. He's got 12 bags as well. Yeah, he's one pretty, of the best performers at high A. I would say that's pretty dynamic. This was a guy that, you know, like I was looking at when we did the top 10 in the offseason. He was one of the guys that kind of forced his way into that top 15 conversation because of how solid he looked. And I mean, I didn't think there'd be this much power, though. That's that's the interesting part. And it's not like he hits the ball super, super hard, but at 101 mile per hour, 90th percentile, when you have all of the other skills that you just mentioned, you know, he probably almost a plus hit tool, phenomenal approach, good speed. I got to do a little bit more of a defensive dive again. I'm trying to remember off the top. I think he, he profiles more as probably a second baseman, but can play shortstop in a pinch. This is a good player, man. And it seems like the Pirates through the years have done a good job kind of identifying players from where, like, I, I guess, what would you say regionally? Because we always say, like, South American prospects, Latin prospects. I guess, like, when you look at the players from from other areas, like other international prospects, I think that the, the Pirates do a good job there. Like, whether it Pirates be... Do, yeah. No, I mean, like, I think to Gift and Gope, right, who is, uh, what, South African, and then I think to uh, Nevarowskis, who is Lithuanian... Yeah, like, um, but, I, I didn't want to like hit on a specific like they do a good job basically like everywhere else. It's, yeah. it's interesting. You know, the thing that jumps out is they do a great job in Asia. They get a lot of good Taiwanese players and they get a lot of great South Korean players. And, you know, you, you take a gander at what they did. Like, obviously, G-Man Choi was not a Pirates guy, but Choi's on that team now. Um, but ji Bay is somebody that like they've had pop up. Um Hoyt Park is somebody that they ID'd from the Yankees that, that they wanted to go after. And he got some big league service with Pittsburgh. Then you've got Chang, who's, you know, it, it, he's Taiwanese. Like they, they do others, though, that we're not remembering that that I know that they've picked up. Uh, they've For got sure. Po Yu Chen, who's not bad. I know that's a guy that they ID'd that I don't think anybody else is really paying attention. Well, to. and then how about the how about the prize possession in South Korea in this past IFA class? Jun Suk Shim, right? I mean, that's a pirate guy as well. There's so, something yeah. there. Like they've got it. They've got a good system going. They do a good job there. Um, the other guys, Jared Jones is a right-hander in high A right now or double A right now. 24 starts in double. He's got a three ERA, 28 punch out, seven walks. Like Jones is probably the good starting pitcher that is just under the echelon of Priester, Ortiz, Burroughs. And I, I guess... You would throw Solomato in there as well. Yeah, he's he's you know just a just a notch below, but I think he's kind of almost edging out now. Kyle Nicholas, so it's yep. it's like he's like in that that like in between tier. By the way, though, Nicholas is is really hot right now. I think just led the league, led his his double A league in strikeouts right now. Um, yeah. from over over this past month, so really pumped for Kyle. He's awesome, dude. Great great pitcher. I think he can put it all together too and be a solid back end uh, back end of the rotation arm or a reliever. Jones, he needs that third pitch to kind of hit that next level. But fastballs above average, sliders plus. Those two pitches are phenomenal. He's been kind of oscillating between the change and the curve, trying to find one, and he hasn't been able to find either. But if he finds that, could be a solid four. Uh, could, you know, so I, that's some definitely a guy worth monitoring. He's only twenty one, so he, he's still young as well. Yeah. Um, last guy, and, and I'm asking you to do this dive. If you can find the Pirates' 90th percentile exit velo leaderboards, Aaron Shackelford needs to be near the top. Like, this guy was not getting 
in the lineup much at all at the beginning of the year. He was a triple-A bench bat, and now he's getting in there and consistently hitting balls 110, 108. You know, I, I think he's got a 114 on his book already this year. He took Tristan McKenzie deep twice on Thursday. Wow. Last night, he took Zach Plesak deep. Like, this guy is ripping the baseball right now. Do you have the leaderboard up? Yeah, I am pulling it up right now. That's crazy. How did McKenzie look? McKenzie looked really sharp in the first one. Yes. So McKenzie topped at 96-1 in the first inning, which is not what we're, where we see Tristan McKenzie sit at all, right? Like, he's typically 90 to 92. He settled into 90 to 92 as the, as the start went on. He was 89 to 91 in his fifth inning of work. Um, but like the fastball looked good. It was just Shackelford drilling a couple mistakes. He had middle middle against him. You ready for this? That, that, that makes sense. And, and that's what Shackelford needs to be to be and, you know, any capacity of a big leaguer is if he pounds mistakes. He can be successful, um, at, you know, relatively. Minimum of, of 30 plate appearances. Who are the two guys ahead of Aaron Shackelford in the organization? Sawinski. He's just behind. Um, they're they're the obvious one. Actually, they're both kind of obvious. O'Neal Cruz? Yes. Um, not Brian Reynolds. It's not a big leaguer. Mason Martin. Yep. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> Mason there Martin in double A. Um, Mason Martin, sneaky, still 23. Uh, I know. I know. By the way. Um, all right. I, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else in this pirate system. I, I was texting you about Osvaldo Beto. I, I think he's a fascinating enough, like, depth arm. Yeah. Um, be, things snowball on Beto recently. Like, he's yeah. he's walking a guy and then a walk another and then a base hit. Like, I, I, I need to see him stop the line from moving. Um, but I do think that Beto is, is an incredibly talented arm. And I think that he will get a big league start at some point soon. Somehow Henry Davis still deserves more attention without yeah, holy hell. He is insane. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody else is particularly standing out in this system right now. Um, nope. Nick Gonzalez put a couple of good swings on balls recently. Is he looking any better in the whiff department? I haven't really watched. Yes, like a little bit. It's a tough watch right now because watching Nick Gonzalez punch out of the 35% clip is like not normal. Like that oh, doesn't feel. But it is the new normal, to be honest. Yeah, I know. It, it just doesn't sit well for me because yeah. like this was a guy that was the perfect hitter on the Cape and at New Mexico State in, you know, his first couple of years in the minor leagues. But he's an incredibly talented bat, man. And he's got such a quick swing. It's really fun to watch him. Um, but yeah, like the swing and miss is still there. I, I I totally I totally agree, and hopefully you can find a way though to just like lean into the power and and hedge that a little bit. Jared Triolo, it's early, but that's another one that I think early. you know already looks good, and I know you are excited to get see him in triple. Yeah, um, Cubs. I had Miguel Amaya on this list, but he already has big league service. Like he made a debut, yeah. so he's not you know underrated at all right now. Uh, Owen Casey is still flying under a lot of people's radar. But pick your pitcher at this point, man. Like Cade Horton, Jackson Ferris just had a good start. Like th there are a lot of arms that are performing really well in the Cubs organization right now. Yeah, which is which is really fun um, because that was the one area that I've, you know, was continuing to kind of poke a hole in in the system over the last couple of years. Uh, and it looks like they, they are really building something better here when it comes to the pitching. Ferris has looked really good in limited action. 
Um, you know, we talk about Ben Brown. Obviously, he's got a lot of attention his way. Jordan Wicks, I think, might be having things really click here. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Wicks get a big league cameo. Again, I'm not going to spend as much time on him because he's a first round pick. Doesn't technically need more attention. I don't know if there's any other arms you wanted to hit on because I, I was really impressed with with uh, with, with Cade Horton. Uh, yeah, he was sitting 96, 98 last start. Like you got to take this guy seriously, but a hitter and Owen Casey, by the way, like this is one of the best power bats in the minor leagues. I, I want to make this abundantly clear. Like, I, I we were talking about him before the season. I had even Cubs fans reaching out being like, I, we, I thought you were crazy for how high you guys were on him, but now we're seeing it. It's not just the player. Like the power is, is, Really, I think he's the best power bat in the system, just just simply put. And the exit velocities are elite. But a name that is very underrated that I think deserves definitely a lot more attention is uh, Moises Ballesteros. Moises Ballesteros, 19-year-old, technically a catcher. He's in low A. I, I don't know if he sticks behind the dish, but Ballesteros can swing it, man. Um, and, and I think that that bat's going to be a factor. And, and I think he's going to start to swing his way into you know, being considered one of the top 15 or so prospects in the system. So far in Will Way is a 19-year-old this year. He's got a 124 WRC plus. He's walking more than he strikes out. He's putting up really good exit velocities. Definitely a name worth monitoring. Cool. Yeah, I, I haven't heard much, but I believe you. <laughs> um, St. Louis, my guy Juan Bin Cho. Uh, is certainly jumping out right now, OPSing around 780. He's got you know great play discipline, and he's showing enough pop, and he's swiping bags. Uh, Max Radchic is a right-handed arm who's dominating low A right now. Mm-hmm. Keith Hansen was a Texas Longhorn last year, and they did they grabbed Cooper Jerpy from Oregon State, and he was like the golden ticket college arm. But you could argue that Hanson has been better at this point. And Ian Bedell is the last one that I want to shout out here, a right-handed arm. Who do you want to start with there? Man, the Cardinals all of a sudden have this kind of pitching depth too a little bit, right? Um, Juan Mincho real quick. <laughs> um, you know, I, I that was a backfield's pickup that I saw, and I'm just like, man, that swing's really good. And then he really disappointed last year. He's still super young. Yeah. Seems like he's settling in a little bit in a very pitcher-friendly environment out there in, in, in the Florida State League. Not For whiffing sure. much, chase rates down, hitting the ball hard. I think this is a guy that if he gets promoted, will actually start to tap into more power. It's a graveyard out there. I, I'm excited about Cho. I think that's a name that absolutely should be worth monitoring. I'll kick it to you on the pitching side. I mean, Bedell has kind of been used as this like reliever slash starter, 10 appearances, three starts. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ratchich is has been good. I've talked to yeah, like Ratchich. I think is is kind of getting outs on pitchability, and okay. I do wonder how good the stuff will be. But you know, you can't deny a two two ERA. You know, through seven starts, right? And then who was the other guy you wanted to hit Pete on? Pete Hansen. Pete Hansen. Yeah. What do you have on the numbers of Pete Hansen? Pete Hansen is jumping out to me because the strikeouts are a little bit more apparent than I was expecting. 36 and two thirds. He's punched out 48. Command is like not where I think it typically is for him, especially at Texas. But opponents are hitting 204. I was kind of expecting Hansen to come in and have to work around some base hits. And he would be more of that pitchability guy. But the numbers indicate that like, He's getting more swing and miss, and he's inducing a little bit weaker contact than I was maybe expecting from him. 
Yeah, it'll be nice to see if he can kind of keep it rolling with a with a bigger test, you know, at high A. But I think I think he needs to be in high A. Like yeah, if Jerry's in high A, he needs to be in high A. A hundred percent. I I think that's that's where he needs to be. Like him and Jerry up there. But um, yeah, I I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I'm, I just want to see him get challenged, and if he if he can kind of maintain this, he's he's worth monitoring. For sure. Uh, Cincinnati, I still had Ellie De La Cruz here because he or yeah. love. He will, like, for, he will forever be underrated, I think. I, what this guy's doing, by the way, we just saw him yesterday hit two more home runs. Um, this guy, like, I don't, I hate being hyperbolic, but like Ellie De La Cruz, I tweeted it, like, could change the course of the Reds franchise. Like, this is one of the most talented prospects we've ever seen. I don't know how people rank anybody else ahead of him. On the top 100 list, oh, the approach. He's not striking out as much anymore. He's walking more than he struck out this month. Um, this guy, this guy, his ceiling is one of the best players of all time, which is just yes. something that is absurd to say. No, I mean, like, take O'Neill Cruz's ceiling that everybody wanted to talk about and elevate, elevate That's the top prospect in baseball. Way better hitter. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Um, all right. Three real guys here. Um, Carlos Jorge, Lion Richardson, and I guess Connor Phillips, although Phillips gets a lot of love. Yeah, Let's stick with the other two. Carlos Jorge and Lion Richardson. Jorge is yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you go. Jorge a second base prospect in low A, hitting 336 and OPSing 930 in 37 games. Like the power is way more there than I was expecting it to be in Daytona for him. And again, graveyard. But this is a really young guy hitting the shit out of the ball right now and swipe 12 bags to this point. I love his swing, too. It is such a silky swing from the left side. It is it is really nice. So I, I'm I'm very excited about Jorge. I think this is one of the the names to watch in that system of like that next wave of talent. You know, we, we talk about the Noel V. Martes. We talk about the Ellie's talk about those guys that have been around for a little bit. I think as those guys graduate, Jorge is going to be like one of the leaders along with Collier in that next wave. Lion Richardson's changeup has been insane. He's had a lot of injury history, you know, as of late. So I think that they've been kind of careful with him. He's been more in three, four inning spurts, but he's been f- fantastic in those three, four inning spurts. Sitting 97 with the fastball. And then off of that, that plus changeup needs to find that third pitch. Another guy that's, you know, kind of experimenting with the curve in the, in, in the slider. I think he'll find one of them to be good enough as a third pitch, but the fastball changeup has been fantastic so far this year. Changeup, easy plus pitch. So, Lion, the thing that jumps out to me, like, I really enjoyed watching him in 2021 in high A. But again, he went down. I think he was a TJ guy. Mm-hmm. Lion Richardson has an electric fastball when he's right. If he's got to change up to work off that electric fastball, I mean, you're looking at a guy that, like, is big league bullpen ready at, by the end of this year. And, and yes, it sucks that he missed the entirety of 2022 in the back half of 21. But Lion Richardson, I, I feel like, is a guy that, is pitching like he's making up for lost time right now, which Absolutely. is fun. Absolutely. And and I think that they're going to, you know, even before they start stretching him out more, they might you know bump him up and challenge him more and more, which is, which is good. So uh, this is a nice development for that system as well. And then a super deep dive, a guy that needs to be challenged more, but has been really good overall combination of stolen bases and, you know, field to hit Blake Dunn in high A he's 24 in high A. So he needs to be challenged, but hitting really well. So you can only give him credit for you know what he's able to do, which is hit against the competition he's facing. And he's doing really well. 18 bags, six home runs, spraying the ball all over. Good defense. He's definitely an in- interesting prospect. Yeah. 
Um, pick your pitcher with the LA Dodgers, Nick Nestrini, Nick Frasso, Emmett Sheehan, Kyle Hurt, Maddox Bruns, Landon Knack. Holy shit. Let's start with Frasso here. Yeah. Frasso has been a freak, but all of them have been awesome. Yeah. For, for the sake of time, if you want to hear like the whole breakdown on the Tulsa drillers rotation, go check out our, my latest mailbag at just baseball.com. Uh, because that's, that's where I kind of dove into just the incredible, you know, pitching staff that is the Tulsa Joers. Frasso is someone that we've talked about for a little bit. So I, I do want to talk about Frasso and, and and what he's been able to do. This entire rotation, I, I think it's one of the best we've seen in the minors in a long time. The whole the, the starting rotation is a sub two ERA together. Yeah. Frasso sitting 95 with insane ride, spotting it with 76% strike rate. Slider's and- nasty, changeup's pretty good. Frasso looks fantastic. Uh, it, it's crazy. And let me say insane ride. You think, okay, insane ride and double. That's not the Southern league. He's in the Texas league. Yeah. He's not throwing with that tact ball. No, it's, do they use Delaware river? Just they use mud? Delaware river mud in yeah. the Texas league. Kyle hurt. Holy crap. He was always a data darling. And when it clicks for a data darling, it looks like this 47% yeah. strikeout rate, um, potentially three plus pitches. Fastball's sitting 97. Again, good ride. Changeup is is elite. It's like almost there with Emmett Sheehan. It's insane. 31% swinging strike rate on a changeup. That's insane. Slider has been nasty as well. But the command, way better. 67% strike rate across the arsenal. Kyle Hurt is a legit prospect. Time to watch him more closely. He was a fifth-round pick by the Marlins, was thrown in in the Dylan Floro... Uh, for Alex Vesia and Kyle Hurt trade, Vesia might be you know kind of floundering, but man, Kyle Hurt, this might be a legit arm for them. Yeah, can I shout out one bat here? I called my shot with James Outman at, at a certain point. I guess that was what last year, or maybe like right before this season started. Yeah, James Outman two is in the form of Johnny DeLuca. <laughs> Johnny DeLuca was an Oregon Duck, twenty four year old and triple. 2021 for Johnny DeLuca between low A and high A, he OPS 870. 2022 between high A and double, OPS 890. So far this year, 42 games, 32 of which in double, 10 of which in triple. Johnny DeLuca is slashing 291, 378, 606. That's a 984 OPS, 11 doubles, 13 pumps in 42 games, 30 RBIs. 11 backs. Did they, they added him to the 40, right? I do believe they added him to the 40. I think that tells you something because they added him, not Noda. Um, and look at how Noda's doing. I, I, I think DeLuca is a, a legit, legit prospect. The bags are there. The powers there, even a hitter friendly environment. It's, it's Outman, ball. dude. It's, it's different though, because like bat to ball is better. So, like, you're sacrificing some power for bat to ball, and then he's got the tools across the board like Outman. He could be better. <laughs> like, not not going to have the peaks like Outman, but he could be more steady. That's yeah. pretty awesome. That's really awesome. He could be better. So, like, it, this is this is a very intriguing prospect here. I think you're spot on, Jack. 84% zone contact with, with everything else you're getting here. Hits the ball in the air. This is a, this is either a really good trade chip or a guy that'll be you know peace for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, just don't be shocked when he has a multi homer day for the LA Dodgers in I'm August. With you, with you.
So, um, all right, three guys in Arizona, two older college bats, Dominic Kinzone and Ryan Bliss. But my goat and your goat, Yumin Lin, the left-hander in high A. Yumin Lin, uh, you know, you looked at last year. I think I texted you in all caps in like December. I was like, holy hell, Yumin Lin. Uh, 56 innings, 91 punch outs last year for Yumin Lin in low A and at the complex. Um, so far this year, ERA in the high threes, but opponents hitting 222 against him. Lynn is like surviving in a very hitter friendly league in high A. You remember what I told you when you texted me about you mean Lynn? I told I told you like he sits 88. Yeah. So over his last three starts, he's ticked up big time. Something's clicked. He's averaging about just a hair under 91 on the fastball. With, Hell yeah. With the the unique delivery he has and how funky he is, like that'll play. Lynn, Lynn's worth monitoring. He's 5'9". He's a really interesting left-handed pitcher, but I, I, I'm fascinated. Fastball, change-up, slider, cutter, curve. Like He'll, he'll give you the whole kitchen sink. Uh, you mean Lynn's been, been pretty good overall, like you said, in a very hitter-friendly environment. Hell yeah. All right, Dominic Canzone has been one of the better hitters in AAA. Canzone's OPSing over 1,000 in 43 games. He's got 42 ribbies in 43 games. Um I don't know. Like, there's just something about him that jumps out. 26 walk, 25 Ks. He's walking more than he strikes out. Yeah. I mean, like, he's tapping into power in a hitter-friendly environment. So, like, you can't fault him for that. And he's hitting the ball pretty darn hard, 105 mile per hour, 90th percentile. The PCL guys, you got to really lean into the data because that's going to tell you way more. That is pretty good. Numbers are, and then the surface level numbers are really good. Um, yep. This was a guy that was unprotected in the Rule Five, and and I do wonder if some teams are maybe kicking themselves now for not ta- for not taking him. Um, yeah, no, I mean these numbers are great. Even in the PCL, the numbers are great. Yeah, I think he was probably he was probably a step behind Dominic Fletcher, right? Yeah, but like not too far, not not that far, and no. he doesn't give the defensive value, which is what hurts a little bit. Like he's a corner guy and and okay in a corner, but man, there's a lot of teams that could use an outfield bat. And I think Ken zone is another dude that I wouldn't be surprised if he's a trade ship, given all the depth that they have. Uh, it, yeah. They've got out Thomas down there. Now they got Jake McCarthy down there. Like, and he's performing better than those guys. It's, it's pretty interesting how baseball works, man. For sure. And then um, last guy with Arizona, Ryan bliss, middle infielder. I think he was an Auburn guy um, bliss, a really small guy, but capitalizing in a crazy hitter friendly environment in Amarillo OPSing over a thousand hitting 380 in 38 games. He's got 24 extra base hits in 34 games with 14 bags. Bliss is not a guy that you label as prospect, but his numbers are undeniable and double. Yeah, I mean, these are pretty insane numbers. <laughs> I'm excited to keep following. He's a guy that just does a good job of getting the ball in the air. 37% ground ball rate. Doesn't strike out. Uh, it, I'm, I'm interested. I, I just want to see how the, the season progresses for him. But the combination of power and speed and, and kind of what he's bringing to the table there, you, you got to follow. Like This is a this is an intriguing guy. He was a second-round pick in 2021. So I, I, I think they might have something here. It's for sure. Bat first, second baseman type. You know, I think and they're still playing him a little bit at shortstop, but I think it's bat first, second baseman. And it could be a fun profile here from Ryan Bliss. Yeah. Two arms in the Giants system. Uh, Hayden Birdensong and Jose Cruz. Jose Cruz is in high A right now as a reliever. Hayden Birdsong is a starter in low A. Let's start with Cruz because Cruz had a great year last year. 
52 innings, 86 punch outs. Opponents hit a buck 19 against him, had a 206 ERA and functioned as like the closer for low A San Jose. Goes up to high A this year. First 14 and a third innings. He's got a 188 ERA. Opponents hitting a buck 25 against him, and he's punched out 21. So Cruz like seems like he's on that back end of the bullpen, you know, track. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I don't have much on him, but I I, I think when you get those kind of numbers going, the Giants are good at, at finding some of those guys that just have unique stuff and just pick up crazy amount of strikeouts. And I, I could see him being, a, you know, a bullpen piece. They, they've done that. Those homegrown bullpen guys that is, is always pretty interesting. Not the failed starter, like homegrown bullpen guy. That's always lights out. Yeah. Um, and then Hayden Birdsong, the other guy, nine starts in low A to this point has a one, seven, eight ERA in San Jose. Punched out 53 guys in 30 and a third innings. Yeah, he's sitting 95. Uh, it's very fastball dependent right now because he hasn't had as much consistency command-wise with the slider, but the curveball's been pretty good. Uh, 6'4", right-hander. like it, There's definitely something to like here. He could be a, a very solid power pitcher. Uh, worth worth following for sure. And then I got to give some shine to Luis Matos. He's yeah. all the way back. And that's exciting because Matos was a guy that was banged up last year, approach issues, and I think that being banged up also, you know, sac- like sacrificed the power for him. And he fell off of like every top 100 list after being a consensus guy. Now looks phenomenal. About the ball wise, approach is way better. He's cut his chase rate down by 10. percent Sitting the ball way harder again. He looks healthy. And when we had Casey Schmidt on, he, that that was at the end of last year. Schmidt was like. Matos has been banged up. Like, don't sleep on this guy and and look yeah. what's happening. Um, you know, he was teammates with him. He, he saw what he could do. He's walking more than he struck out, is, is striking out. He's 21 already in triple A, plays good defense up the middle. This guy, I think, is the future of, of center field potentially for the Giants. And it's crazy how the narrative can can kind of go up and down so quickly. But I'm I'm sold on the adjustments we've seen from Matos. I think he's extremely talented. Welcome to the Dominguez roller coaster with Luis Matos, but in in a lesser market. So I guess they're less pronounced. Um, two guys with the Fort Wayne tin caps for San Diego. Adam Mazur is an arm with a sub two ERA. Punch outs haven't been there, but Mazur, I mean, he's not walking anybody. And he's got a livelier fastball than I think the numbers would indicate here. Mazur was a guy that um, spent one year at Iowa, was drafted by San Diego and like Unlike a guy like Snelling, who's having a great season, we've already talked about him recently. I don't think Robbie Snelling is underrated anymore or needs more love anymore. Um, But Mazur is a guy that like has kind of surpassed expectations that were probably set for him. And then Nathan Martorella is a big lefty hitting first baseman that has been pounding the shit out of the ball. Dude, so I'll start with Martorella. He has been really good. I, and it's really hard not to like the bat there. It's a combination of of hit and pop and approach. And yeah, he's got the first base profile, but I love the bat. That's definitely a guy that I, I think is going to climb quickly and become a very like, I'm not comparing him to Vinny Pascantino, but he's cut from like that cloth of like cult following. I think people are going to really love him because of how safe the bat looks. And, and he's fun to watch hit. Mazer's interesting because he doesn't get a lot of whiff at all, but he yeah. gets out. <laughs> so I'm interested to follow. You think he would get more whiff because he's 94 with the fastball. It, the slider and the changeup look pretty good. Uh, yeah, this is a guy that I want to see how he does when he gets elevated to double, but it's good pitchability guy and 
gets a lot of weak contact. And what else can he ask for? No, n- nothing much, right? Um, Mazer, you got anything on him? Like, what's his fastball sitting at right now? 94. 94. There we go. So, like, the, the book on him at Iowa was, like, sit mid-90s. He's up to 98 so far this year. That's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't get a ton of whiff, but it, the stuff looks looks pretty good. I think it's more of, like, just kind of sequencing a bit better. I think the fastball is a little dead zone-y. I think that's the one issue. Uh, but the changeup looks really good. Then the slider needs to be adjusted a bit. But again, he's mixing three pitches for a strike. Good command. I think with a tweak here or there, he, he could be a guy that kind of elevates quickly. Got you. Um, all right. Two guys in Colorado to wrap two bats. Jordan Beck, who was a Tennessee volunteer last year. And Hunter Goodman, who just hasn't fucking stopped hitting. Yeah, we, we have to. T- even though like we've talked about Goodman, we got to still talk about Goodman. I'll start with Jordan Beck. Um Beck was was seen as like you know the the high upside guy in that Tennessee group, but maybe the highest risk. Yeah, and you know you still see some of that risk, but you also see the upside. He's crushing baseballs, thirteen homers to all fields, one hundred six mile per hour, ninetieth percentile, seventy five percent zone contact is a little iffy, but if you have that kind of power, he doesn't chase, and he hits the ball in the air like really hits the ball in the air, twenty seven percent ground ball rate. There's there's potential here for just a really good power bat that yeah you're gonna have to pallet the strikeouts but you got that kind of pop that's fine with that's fine with me is he stealing any bags like he's a sneaky athlete Beck is let's see um Jordan Beck nah he's got just one bag so far this year yeah so I more focus on just mashing one thousand OPS though so like that'll play. Definitely worth monitoring, but you know, before I get extremely excited about him, I got to see him do it in double. I would have yeah. said the same thing about Hunter Goodman, though, and Hunter Goodman's doing it in double so far. What in this, this season in Double A, forty-one games, fifteen pumps, and fourteen doubles too. That's the yeah. thing that jumps out to me: twenty-nine extra base hits in what forty-one games. I don't know what the defensive home is. I don't know if he sticks behind the dish, but even if he moves to first base. They're playing him in left, though, and and I'm interested to see how he continues to progress in left. If he can play left, even at an average level, this is a top 100 prospect, I think. You think so? I think, you know, we, I think if he does this for a few more weeks and, and he's playing left at an average level, it's pretty hard to say that he's not a top 100 prospect. Looking at minor league park factors, Hartford's one of the harder places to hit. He is crushing baseballs there. Imagine once he gets to Albuquerque. He's yeah. going to be one of the best power bats in the minor leagues. So You, you I, know what this is? I mean, shit, dude, last year in what, three hitter-friendly environments? Fresno, Spokane, now Hartford for 12 games, but he only had two of his 36 homers there. Yeah. 36 homers, 106 driven in. Like, is this the Mervis conversation here? He could be that kind of guy, yeah. And they were kind of in a similar boat, I think, around around that, that 2020-2021 draft time. Obviously, Goodman went in 2021, but... He was a fourth round pick. People say Mervis was like a like borderline fifth round pick. Like he thought he was going to get taken in 2020. Um, yeah, I I really think that Goodman, even if he's not a catcher, like this bat is so hard to deny. No, I'm with you. One, I want to shout out two guys in the uh, Rocky system real quick. Coco Montes. Right. I know he's doing it in Albuquerque. But you, you gotta just you just gotta highlight what Coco Montes is doing. I know he's older, he's twenty six, but 
He's just been swinging it really well out there, getting on base at a 400 clip. And then shout out our guy, Jimmy Heron, inside the park home run the other day, friend of the show. He is really hitting. I hope that if they're in a pinch, they call up Heron because he's got that combination of speed, ability to play all three outfield spots, a little bit of sneaky pop. Heron's, Heron's a solid player as well. Rockies have some nice depth. They finally called up Nolan Jones too, so that's exciting. Hopefully Nolan Jones can start hitting up there, but that'll do Nolan it. Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Nolan Jones was the best hitter in AAA baseball before. Yeah, I mean, it was a joke. It was, that's what we thought he would do at altitude. So let's see if he does it at altitude at the highest level. I'll let you get to your Indy 500 party, Jack, but that'll do it for this episode. Reminder, join our So Rare League fantasy baseball for free. You can compete with us, draft your team. It's a ton of fun, and you can win prizes like an MLB TV subscription, just baseball merch, all that stuff. Link is in our podcast description. If you can leave a rating, help us grow the show, that would be fantastic as well. Have a great rest of your weekend. Have a great long weekend. Or if you're listening on Monday, have a great start to your week. We'll be back with you talking prospects during the week. We'll figure out what we're going to talk about. Maybe a mailbag episode. Uh, so look out for tw- on Twitter for the opportunity to ask your mailbag questions. As always, thank you for listening. Look forward to talking prospects with you this week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.